Rear view mirror. For some inexplicable reason, I randomly had a flashback of my first driving lesson when I was 17. It was a muggy summer, and after GCSEs, there was time to spare, and a Citroen C1 waiting for me. Aside from the fundamentals explained to me by my very patient instructor, one thing stuck in my, in my mind, bizarrely, the explanation of rear view mirrors. A rear view mirror's purpose is to let you know what is happening behind you, which is just as important as knowing what is happening in front of you. You must use your car mirrors frequently and respond safely to what you see in them. That got me thinking. Perhaps there's a life lesson here. Maybe if we know what's coming up behind us, we can be prepared and respond accordingly before a catastrophe happens. Now I know that if I thought of this, then others would have, would have to. So worth for Google. Amazing! Here's just a few ex excerpts from some online text on rear view analogies. Number one. Tom Lomansky wrote... Applying the concept slash metaphor of putting your past misfortunes in the rearview mirror helps many to move on. It's an effective tool for attitude development in times of stress. As you work to drive on from past pitfalls, remember, your goals are best served by looking through your windshield than your rearview mirror. We all have different timetables for overcoming emotions connected to our catastrophes. Imagining the image of the event in the rearview mirror shrinking over time can really help. Perhaps the image never fully disappears, but it helps to be aware that as time passes, we need to move on. We eventually need to free ourselves from the emotions that potentially paralyze us from moving forward. The best way is to shrink that rearview image, is to change your focus from the mirror by asking, what's in your windshield? Navigating life's challenges is like driving a car. You need to devote most of your attention looking through your windshield to safely reach your destination. If you're distracted by long lingering looks in the, in the rearview mirror, you can set yourself up for more adversity. Ask yourself, are, these, are there losses or setbacks that you've allowed to linger in your rearview mirror? Have you allowed yourself to become a distracted driver? What purpose has that served? If you had more focus on the road ahead, what more could you achieve? Do you have written goals for the most important things on your horizon? That's a bit heavy. Number two. Jesse Tanaki wrote in a rear-view mirror theory that a rear-view mirror by definition is a small angled mirror fixed inside the, win the windscreen of a motor vehicle, enabling the driver to see the road behind. The rear-view mirror theory is a thought process where you are situated in the driver's seat of your life. You are in the process of driving forward, progressing, focused on the road ahead, your future, while also viewing the road behind you, your past. Most importantly, you are able to view the vehicle that you are in your present. The road behind you represents your past. It represents where you've, where you've been, all your successes, failures, errors, lessons, experiences, knowledge, everything. The past can be bittersweet, purely because it holds so much good, but it can also hold a lot of rubbish. Everyone's perception is unique when it comes to their past, but one thing remains universal, and that is the past has been and gone. The vehicle that you are in represents your presence, which will always be influenced by the road you travelled. A vehicle may have bold tyres from rough roads, a few screws loose and internal issues that may be uncovered on the road ahead. You may be driving a bomb with envy of those who drive a well-maintained heavy vehicle. Though I think when it is all said and done, the most comforting point of all this is that despite the bumps in the roads, you're still here. Still moving forward, alive and present. The road ahead represents the future, new limits and new unseen roads. Therefore, there is no need for stressing over a preconceived notion of where it will take you. My advice is don't allow a troublesome, ro troublesome road in your rearview mirror, mirror to create a fear of what is ahead. A new journey awaits, and you cannot know what is around the corner. 
Seeing into the future is not our business. All we do is ensure we continue to move forward and try our best to choose the positive road. If you allow fear to gain power and you deter to a previous route, thinking that its familiarity will help you, it will only send you backwards on your journey to improvement. Think of it like a GPS. If you make a wrong turn, it will redirect you to make a U-turn ASAP, urging you to get back onto your desired route. This is all way deeper than my simple initial thoughts, but I can see the value in what's been written and the well-being empowerment message. I suppose I was thinking more about rearview mirror offering context on your past achievements. My family always says to me, think, all, think about all you've achieved and what you've had to go through. Frankly, I'd rather not, because it colours my positive outlook for the future and my belief in the best of people. However, reflection is a powerful tool, they say, but why is it so important? Joe Ayubi wrote, the, the science behind reflection is compelling. We know intuitively that we learn by experience and also that we learn from our mistakes. But research is increasingly telling us that without the process of actively thinking about these, those experiences and questioning ourselves about what they mean, learning doesn't really happen. What gets us from experience to understanding is reflection. With the aid of a simple question like, what did I do well in that situation? What could I do differently? We can make small but culminative steps to doing things better. Reflection also helps to provide deeper le learning by looking at situations through a different lens and by asking yourself searching questions that challenge one's assumptions about the world around you. We also have a tendency to focus on the negative. An exercise in reflection on self-assessment provides a structured and safe way to think about the positive as well. Reflection also links with another critical element of the inner work life, the ability to make small changes and achieve small wins called the Progress Principle. This, this simple but powerful concept is based on, res on research that shows that the most important factor in boosting people's motivation is in making progress in meaningful work. In studies with pro project teams in numerous US companies, volunteers were asked to diarise their best days and their worst days. It was found that the most common event triggering a best day was any, was, any, was any progress in the individual's work or their team. The most common event triggering a worst day was a setback. It, it, it seems obvious, but it's something we probably don't pay enough attention to. In particular, small incremental achievements were found to be just as effective as achieving large or significant goals and boosting in a network, in a, in a work life. So being able to reflect on our achievements can be a powerful learning activity and motivation booster. A piece of paper, a pencil, a mug of tea and a quiet five minutes at the end of the day could make all the difference. Great words and great advice, but sometimes it's not that easy. To use all the analogies so far, sometimes the windshield is enormous and magnetic, propelling you forward with such a g-force that, whilst you're battling, battling to keep the car on the road, you have no time to glance at a teeny tiny rearview mirror. We are all driven, inspired to achieve. Many of, many of us see our lives in terms of what we haven't yet accomplished and what we have to do next, without celebrating what we have achieved so far. Perhaps a rearview mirror is also an impartial and emotionless catalogue of events a statement of past facts, a living history. And for those of you familiar with my previous podcast, you're probably familiar with the fact that, that, that more often there's not, that they're not, there's a political twist to my observations and monologues. If I look at my past 29 podcasts over the past two years and reflect on the progress or resolution of the issues I raised, I can't help but be disappointed because we seem to have stagnated. Nothing's been resolved. We are now masters of observation and commentary, but don't actually do anything about the critical issues we are faced with, whether it's poverty, food banks, lack of funding for education, lack of funding for the NHS, violence on our streets, climate change, Nazarene Zagari Radcliffe, the Rohingya refugees, Brexit, or the corrupt political system. 
Nothing's really changed in two years. But reports in the newspaper today, perhaps things will change because they have to. Perhaps there will be a ripple effect to activity to address the outstanding issues because it will all come to a head, like a festering boil. And it's only through this cleansing process that there will be the freedom to make the changes we need, to, we need so desperately. Today's Independent reports that Brexit talks have hit a fresh impasse after the EU signalled there was little hope of progress while Boris Johnson insists the backstop is stripped from Theresa May's deal. Downing Street says Mr Johnson wants to negotiate a new deal but warned that the EU must change its stance to secure an agreement. Despite the Prime Minister's public insistence that he wants a deal, European diplomats now believe that Mr Johnson's central scenario is to crash out with our deal. Following a meeting between his top Europe advisor David Frost and senior EU figures, Mr Frost is reported to have sought discussions on future talks after the UK crashes out of the bloc on 31st October, and it's signed that Mr Johnson is serious about his do-or-die pledge to deliver Brexit on time. It was, it was clear the UK does not have another plan, a senior EU diplomat told reporters in Brussels. No intention to negotiate, which will require a plan. A new deal now appears to be the UK's, UK government's central scenario. Mr Johnson has told the EU repeatedly that, that Parliament will not accept the undemocratic backstop negotiated by Mrs May, which was designed to act as a safety net to prevent a hard border on the island of Ireland. But his top EU aide was said to have told officials in Brussels that a technological solution, the UK's preferred option, would not be ready now for Brexit. Even if, EU, even, if the EU, even if the EU gave up the backstop, there is no alternative, the diplomat said. That message has now gone loud and clear to capitals. It was useful to hear it from, from the horse's mouth, the EU source said. Reality is sinking in. Recent warnings from the Prime Minister's top aide, Dominic Cummings, that a no deal cannot be prevented, have also been heard clearly in Europe, amid a tough, toughing up of rhetoric from government ministers. The Brexit Secretary Stephen Barclay said Michel Barnier, the EU's chief Brexit negotiator, must seek a new mandate from member states if he wants to avoid a no-deal Brexit. In an article on Sunday, he warned Mr Barnier that no deal was coming down the tracks and said the political realities have changed since negotiations began. Today's Guardian reports that a no-deal Brexit legally possible even after a no-confidence vote. Ex-Supreme Court Judge Lord Jonathan Sumption says MPs have limited options to stop PM enacting no deal. Boris Johnson could simply ignore a parliamentary vote of no confidence and proceed with a no deal Brexit followed by an election, unless MPs can form an alternative government in 14 days, the former senior judge has said. As a former Supreme Court judge, he said Johnson would be entitled to stay on as the Prime Minister even if he lost a, co a confidence vote. Under the law, MPs would have two weeks to create an alternative government before an election was automatically triggered. In those circumstances, the Prime Minister would have the power to set the date of the election for after the 31st of October, following the UK's departure from the EU with or without a deal. Sumption told BBC Radio 4 Today programme the PM could fix the date for polling. He said there were two main ways MPs fighting a no-deal Brexit could prevent it from happening. The first was to pass a statute which limited the rights of the government to have a no-deal Brexit by saying they had to revoke Article 50. And the second would be an interim government, he said. Sumption argued both options seemed like very long shots, given the parliamentary arithmetic, but considered the political situation was unpredictable, given the high stakes of a no-deal Brexit. Dominic Cummings, Johnson's senior advisor and architect of the Leave vote, has made clear he would do whatever necessary to take the UK out of the EU by 31st October, and EU officials are said to be under the impression that Brexit without a deal is the most likely scenario. Rebel Tory MPs are in talks with senior Labour figures about whether a government of national unity can be formed to stop Johnson pursuing no deal. It could potentially be led by centre-right pro-EU Tories such as Ken Clark or David Lillington, 
with the sole aim of requesting extensions to Article 50, but the consequences after that are unclear. Their preferred method is to use legislation to prevent a New Deal Brexit rather than trying to collapse the government, but Number 10 will do everything possible to deny them the opportunity for that. Vernon Bogdanor, the constitutional expert at King's College London, warned that it would be a Herculean task for backbenchers to stop a New Deal Brexit at this stage. Going back to Jesse Tanaki's rearview mirror theory, what will our politicians see in their rearview mirrors in the future? David Cameron, Nigel Farage, Theresa May, Jeremy Corbyn, Boris Johnson. Because they have, because, because they have our, or have been in the driver's seat of our lives, determining our progress and steering us on the road that they, that, they, that they choose for us, fully aware and mindful of the road behind us and the vehicle they are in. Perhaps they'll remember that their rearview rear will represent their best efforts, where they've been, all their successes, their failures, their errors, everything. And hopefully there won't be too much roadkill in their wake.